Awesome. Hey, can we put our hands together and give a great big welcome to Brendan Collins as he comes. Hey, awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Wow, I actually was going to uh, fall asleep this afternoon and then the Holy Spirit spoke to me when I got home at 3.30 and said, do not sleep because you won't be able to wake up. And, I, and it probably would have been the honest truth because I started to go, no, I better get up and pray and be really godly and um, spiritual for once in my life. No. <laughs> No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Are we allowed to have a bit of fun tonight in church? Come on. So good. Come on, let's get Jesus the great praise tonight. Come on, he's worthy. Clap your hands. Shout out to God. Come on. With a voice of triumph. Come on. A voice of praise. Come on. God is in the house tonight. Oh, we love you, Lord. Father, we just want to thank you. Lord, we posture our hearts before you. And we say tonight, Father, Lord, would you just do something radical? Lord, if you haven't already, God, would you just do something supernatural, God? Would you just be so kind, Lord, and just reach down from the heavens and just pour out your grace and just pour out your kindness on people's situations, on people's needs tonight, Father. Lord, we decrease so that you can increase. Lord, we humble so that you can move powerfully, not just in this place tonight, but across our city as we prayed, and but across our nation, Lord of New Zealand, we declare that God defend New Zealand. God defend our free land. We give you our nation tonight and we say, have your way tonight in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Awesome. Nathaniel, you are one of the most anointed piano players I ever know. Like seriously, Nathaniel, I feel like the Lord is about to leash you into something new in this next season. I believe there's songs that you're about to write. There's anointing on your, on your hands, on your plane tonight. There's healing anointing over you. There's a fresh authority. I see the Lord saying there's a new wineskin coming to you in this season. He's saying, get ready for great days are ahead for you, says the Lord. And I really believe that there's something you believe in God for. I don't know what it is, but even in the quiet times, there is, there is, there's things that you are just asking God for breakthrough in, in one particular area. And I believe you're about to see it in the next couple of weeks, a supernatural breakthrough in that situation, whatever it is. God sees you. You're a, you're a David in this generation. You're a man after God's own heart. And great days ahead for you and your family. If we love Nathaniel, come on, can we give it up for him tonight? Awesome. Very good. <sighs> Awesome. Wow. It's such an honor to be on this platform. Thank you, Pastor Paul, for entrusting me with tonight. You're so kind to get me to preach twice in one day. <laughs> well, I want to tell you the true story. Me and Sarah, our amazing worship pastor over here, had this incredible uh, conversation, as we do, about worship. And she goes, oh, I'm rostered on. And I said, oh, can I actually not be rostered on? And literally, because I like just to focus a Sunday night. And then Emma's like, would you like to go to Heaven Gates and preach? Oh yeah, why not? You know, who needs a Sunday morning off anyway? What's that? Nah, it's good, it's good. But um, no, nah, it's just so, such an honor. There were free salvations over in Porirua this morning. Come on, first time decisions. Come on, let's give God praise for that. 
and a lot of miracles, and it was so cool to speak um, over there for Pastor Peter and Sandra. We are just lifting them up in prayer at this time, um, which is good. Awesome. Wow, I'm ready to preach tonight. Hallelujah. Who's ready for a great word of faith? Yeah? Awesome. God is good. And let's see where he takes this, eh? Um, so obviously we're in a season at the moment uh, of a new series that we began this morning um, called Rising Tide. And there's been a couple of series in our church this year. When I first came on staff, there was, there's two series that's really defined me. One of them was When the Holy Spirit Comes. Who remembers that? Yeah, awesome. It was a such, I just felt like it was a real uh, profound prophetic series for me. Obviously, moving back to Wellington at the time, it was very prophetic for me to where I was heading into the season of leadership and so forth. And then there were, we just did an incredible series last month about see, uh, immeasurably more, and it's exceedingly more, whoops, um, immeasurably more, and on Ephesians 3 verse 20. And that like literally rippled me. I've had, I don't know, something is. I feel free. It's, it's so good. I can't, I was going to be transparent. I just feel so good in the season. And, um, and then this series, Rising Tide, and, uh, you know, we're going to camp next weekend. And I'm talking about a rising tide. Uh, look out, Carpenter Coast. We're coming for you. Um, it's going to be awesome next weekend with teenagers and young adults. I'm going to encounter God, and I'm really full of faith and just been, been seeking God. And this amazing thing of united and love and just really when we come in unity, how God God's love is restored. And this is going to be our first camp. Well, it's the first camp I've ever led anyway. So uh, let's see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> that'll be great. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you're praying for everyone else. I think you should pray for me. Like, really, don't pray for your teenagers. They'll be fine. <laughs> it's me you should be praying for. No, no, no. No, it's going to be great. Um, and so just really believe it. So please be in prayer for us over the next week. It's a big step of faith for us as a church and we're just really believing in this next generation of what God's going to do at this camp in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Well the title of my message, we've got some slides tonight I believe, is that correct? Oh yes we're going fancy in church. Tech, fancy. Oh, look at that. I haven't even seen the slides so I'm just trusting that they're good and they are good because Emma did them. Amen. Uh, so the title of my message tonight is called Spring Forth Into Your New Season. Spring forth into your new season. I had another title, but I just really felt like in prayer this afternoon, instead of going to sleep, God spoke to me about this instead. So this was good. About the power of spring. And we are in a spring season now physically. Who's grateful for that? Isn't this weather beautiful? I mean, it's just amazing. So good. I think it's like 18 degrees today. That's incredible. Um, and, you know, we're in a spring season physically, but I believe that we're in a spring season in the spirit. And I'm not just talking about Hope Center because we've got, we've got Ed here tonight. Ed from Arise. Yes, give it up for Ed. And uh, we had a great time on Friday night at the uh, Florida City night, 12, 12, 13 youth groups, I believe. And it was just such a great night. About 400 teenagers in the room, 40 salvations. Come on, spring forth into your new season. We prophesied over you tonight, Ed, in Jesus' name, over you and Vic, that you guys are coming to a new season and of youth ministry and what God's put on your hearts and for the city and for this nation like never before. You're an amazing man and honor you tonight, bro. Um, so, so good. And um, 
So yeah, anyway, let's get into this message um, tonight. Um, so 1 Kings chapter 19, if you've got your Bibles, amen. I encourage you to bring your Bibles to church. It's good for you. Amen. Yeah, cool. Mike agrees. That's great. Awesome. <laughs> How you doing, Mike? Are you doing all right over here? <laughs> Fill him, Lord. Just to, yeah, get him, Lord. That's good. That's good for you. <laughs> well, there is, but that's used for something soon, so. <laughs> Sorry, um, I'm getting distracted. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 19. Man, church, behave yourself. I don't know what's going on in this middle aisle over here, but I don't know. <laughs> no, it's good. Come on, 1 Kings chapter 19. Verse, uh, I don't know what verse I'm reading. This is good, eh? Nah, verse 9. We're going to read from verse 9 tonight. And I was going to give you a little bit of context of the scripture. And uh, this is a little bit of... Uh, of Elijah. Now, Elijah has just seen one of the greatest victories that has happened. 5,000 prophets of Baal have strike down. Some great victory. And, uh, you know, Elijah falls into a situation of depression where he wants to end his life. We read that at the start of 1 Kings chapter 19. And he wants to end his life and he's like, you know, I'm done, you know. And he's just seen one of the greatest victories in all the city. And we could like literally call this passage of scripture like a city of revival. Like literally there was a revival that was poured out and God used, the Lord used Elijah to release a revival upon a city. Do you know God uses ordinary people to release a move of God? Sometimes we don't think we're good enough, we're talented enough, we're educated enough. As some of you know from my last Sunday night message, I shared my amazing testimony of what God's done in my life and I shared the awesome experience that I had of doing seven years of local church internships. And I tell you what, that's always fun, isn't it? And uh, I wasn't expecting to do seven, but the Lord had other, other, other plans for my life. And uh, yeah, anyway, so, um, but through that season, I learned the importance that God can use anyone. God can use the, the poorest, He can use the, um, the wealthy, He can use anyone that's available to be used by Him. And here Elijah, he's in a situation where he's seeing the greatest move of God, really, where religion is being broken off a generation. But literally, imagine that, striking 5,000 prophets down. I mean, that's a big work, that's that's. Bigger than going to the gym on a Monday morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Any witnesses? No. Yeah, Ed, thank you. My gym buddy over here. Thank you so much. Um, but you know, there's that sense where what is literally ahead for me? Our lives can look like that, where we're seeing the greatest victories, the greatest harvest of souls saved, a great move of the Holy Spirit. The church is growing. The ministry is growing. The business is thriving. We were like that in 2019, weren't we? Yeah, man, we're ready for the next season. Let's go. We're going to change the world. We're going to have more services. We're going to reach young people in high schools. We're going to reach universities. 2020 is going to be the best year of my life. <laughs> it was, eh? Yeah, cool. Just checking. But for us, it was the most challenging year probably of our lives. And for the world, actually, 
where globally a pandemic hit us, which we don't need reminding of. But the thing is, we've come out of that, but we have stayed settled in our comfort. And we read in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9, Then he came to a cave, Elijah, and spent the night in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. Everybody say, the word of the Lord. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very zealous. I'm reading from the Amplified version. That's why it's Amplified. And passionate, I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. And uh, passionate for the Lord God of hosts, armies, proclaiming what is rightfully and uniquely His. For the sons of Israel have abandoned, broken your covenant, which means relationship, tore down your elders, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I only I am left, and they seek to take away my life. So he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by and a great and powerful wind was tearing out the mountains and breaking the rocks and pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle blowing. When Elijah heard the sound, come on, there's a sound rising. He wrapped his face in his mantle. There's a new mantle rising on fivefold ministries, on gifts, on talents. Pastor Paul's been talking about that a lot this year. And he went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here Elijah. He said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts armies because the sons of Israel have abandoned, broken your covenant, turned down, sorry, tore down your um, altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, only I am left and they seek to take away my life. This is a really credible, powerful scripture. And, you know, literally we probably could do a series on this. There's just so much in this you can actually like, tackled so to speak to contend for truth in but there's a point in this scripture that really rips me this has probably been one of the most life-changing scripture uh, chapters in the bible that has changed my life really about the concept of what are you doing here so often in our lives we go through the wilderness and we're like in a cave. See, Elijah was in the cave, but he had to come to the entrance of the cave to see that the Lord had not finished with him. Now, if we read um, forward into Scripture, we see how Elijah was called to um, pass the mantle or the cloak onto Elisha, a new generation. And there is a new generation, Elisha generation, that is rising up in this hour for such a time as this, there's a new anointing, there's a new wave of the Spirit, and if we can just tap into it and, and taste it and hear the sound and lean into the presence of God, then we will see, see that begin to be released in our hearts and in our lives. What are you doing here, Elijah? I haven't called you to camp here. Some of you tonight, you've been camping on the same manner for 20 years. 
for 10 years. And I'm just going to be honest tonight. I'm just going to preach like it's real. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not here to put on a show. I'm actually here to preach the Word tonight because I think so often we live in, a, a, in performance Christianity. And actually Jesus didn't die so that we could perform for Him. Come on. He died so we could live for Him as disciples. Jesus didn't die for a bless me club. Well, Lord, when you bless me, I'll serve you. Lord, when I have thousands of dollars in my bank, I'll serve you. Lord, and then he probably tells you to give it away anyway. <laughs> but Lord, whatever you call me to do. But God, I'm in the wilderness, so it's too hard. You know, I've talked to a lot of Christians. I've been walking with the Lord since I was four years old. So I have been in the local church my whole life. And I have seen a few things. I've seen a few seasons. I've seen a few fires. I've seen a lot of mountaintops. But one of the things of having conversations with, uh, not just with young people, with people over coffee or whatever. I love meeting with all types of people. And literally what happens is they say, oh, I'm going through this. I'm going through this struggle. And I'm like, yes, let me help you. Get up but I'm going through it. Yeah, get up. Because Jesus went through the greatest struggle on Calvary over 2,000 years ago for you and I, and you never heard him complaining about it. Did you, do you hear him complaining about, oh my gosh, I had to go to the cross for you. <laughs> I mean, it was the greatest beating and the greatest suffering. We laugh, but the truth of the matter, church, is we stay seated in our comfortable lifestyle. We live in a blessed country. When was the last time you went to Queensgate and you asked God to show you a sign to pray for a sick person? Happened to me yesterday. I think it was quite scared, actually, but that's why I still prayed for him. <laughs> but, you know, when was the last time you actually stepped out in obedience when God told you to go and, and, and ring that person and to speak a word of encouragement over them, to go and prophesy over their future, to go and speak a, li- a word of life and to speak God's anointing, God's plan? Well, I'm just going through the wilderness. I'm going through the sickness. I'm going through the struggle. I'm going through the pain. Well, do you know what? It's through the pain you find strength in God. And I tell you some of the greatest, yeah, come on, let's give Jesus praise in this place. See, some of the greatest seasons in my life where I can look back through my journals and through my God encounters daily hasn't been when I've got the promotion or when I've been asked by Pastor Paul to preach on a Sunday, which I love doing, by the way. But you know what? It's been when I've gone through the fire. When someone's teared me down behind my back, when I've lost a friend because they don't understand my call, or, or, or going through bullying at high school. I mean, those have been some of the seasons in my life that has defined me to be where I'm at today. And so often, church, we focus on the winter season and we stay there for too long. If we just got a bit of faith in us, if we started prophesying some things over our future, we might start see some doors open. We might literally see a revival happen immediately. Like Acts 2, suddenly the Holy Spirit came on the, on the 120 in the upper room and it filled them where they were seating. And suddenly, not when I feel like it, 
not when I feel entertained. But suddenly the Holy Spirit came upon the 120. And what was the end result? 3,000 people were added to the church daily. That's a lot of follow-up. That's a lot of integration. Look, Shida will be having 10 integration meetings a week probably. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, there is a lot. There's a lot of admin right there. But you know, the thing is, that's revival. We pray for revival. We sing about revival. We sang it tonight from the north to the south. But what a literally that happened daily. Would we be able to keep up with the currency of the kingdom if that happened? Actually, let me not just say if it happened, forgive me, Lord, but when it happens. Because it is going to happen. We serve a God of big vision, not small vision. He's not a small God. He's a big God. Amen. When I said to God, man, yeah, Lord, I will obey you and I'll come on staff here. I wasn't thinking that's just, oh yeah, say yes to a good idea. I'm like, God, I'm, I'm here to fulfill your call in a generation. I'm here to partner with others in our city and even other youth pastors and young adult pastors and standing, hey, what can we do like Friday night with Ed? And like, yeah, I'm keen. I'm keen to be part of that. That's, that sounds not just a good idea. That sounds like a revival to me. Let's see something different happen across our city that hasn't happened in a very long time. And let's see a move of God. I'm going to put away my, my, uh, my own personal um, feelings or whatever, but I'm going to serve and I'm going to, how wherever I can, even if it's on the door greeting young people. Because the point of the matter is not about us, but it's about the kingdom. And it's about seeing His kingdom come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven in Jesus' name. There's a rising tide. To walk in a rising tide in our lives, we need to know that God wants to break us out of our comfortable chair to see a city saved. He said it again, to walk into a rising tide in our lives, we need to know that God wants to break us out of our comfortable chair to see a city saved. Right, I'm going to make myself look silly tonight because sometimes you've got to do that for the demonstration to come across, the message to come alive. So this is an awesome couch. I have spent a few times on this couch in the week. I'll come down here, get some quiet space. I'll pray in here. No one's around, which is cool. And uh, Miro is telling me to lie down on it. Okay, awesome. Great. Okay. So this is an awesome couch. And it's very comfortable, actually. And, uh, you know, I've had a few God moments on, this, on these couches. It's really cool. And, uh, you know, but this couch is so comfortable, isn't it? And it's just like, man, if I sit here probably for two minutes longer, like this, I'm probably going to start feeling quite restless because my body is just stopped. When you sit, when you go home tonight, if you go home tonight, no, 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 joke. Uh, <laughs> when you go home this, this evening, amen, before midnight, you will literally probably sit down. I don't know what you like to do uh, to uh, relax. You know, you might be like uh, Pastor Paul and you like to watch the football. Any football supporters in the house tonight? Oh, we've got some other. There you go, Pastor Paul. You've got some friends now. Uh, <laughs> joking. Um, 
We won't talk about the rugby yesterday, will we? No. Okay, moving on. Um, you know, but whatever you like to, maybe you like to watch a movie. Maybe you like to listen to a podcast. Maybe you like to listen to worship music. Whatever it might be. I like doing that when I go home on a Sunday, even after a big day a big Sunday, I just like to go home, listen to worship music just for his refreshing to come upon me before I go to sleep, right? But this is what happens. Some of us are like this. We just lie down and we've been lying down for a long time. I won't put my shoes on here because this is a holy couch, but, but, but I've got holy shoes on, so it's okay. Um, no, um, but, but literally like we put ourselves in a position where I am lazy. Come on. I get a text from Brendan. Can you serve on the host team on Sunday? No. You get a text from Josh. Can I serve on the kids' team? Can you come and serve on the kids' team this Sunday? No. You get, you get a text from Sarah. Would you like to you know, start serving in the worship team? No, you just let it pass by. And we live our lives in a comfortable chair. But we're praying Lord, have your way in my life. Lord, I don't understand the pain I'm in. If people really understood, man, what I'm going through, it would be okay. Man, the tears. Lord, I don't like the anxious in my heart. I don't like the worry, the fears anymore. I don't understand. And God's like, hello, God, give me a prophetic word from the next prophet in town. I need a word from the Lord to know my calling. And God's like, what did you do with the last word that I gave you? What are you doing with the the dream I put in your heart that you're not obeying me in? What are you doing with that idea that I put on the inside of you? And what we're doing is we're lying down on this on this couch and we want people to spoon feed us Christianity. We're waiting for the next, we're waiting for Max Lansdowne to come next week. What's he gonna bring me? What word is he going to prophesy over me? We're waiting, we're waiting. But the Lord says, actually, on Monday morning, I've actually got an encounter that I want to do in your life. I've got a divine work that I want to do in this new week in your life that is supernatural, but I want you to get off your couch. We can't pray for revival and sit on a couch anymore. We can't just say, well, it's just up to the few faithful leaders to do all the work. No, it's not. For the harvest that's coming in, we need everyone on board. Like everyone on board. Everyone on board. Every individual on board. I better get off there because I was about to fall asleep. (laughs) This is cool, man. I like this couch. Anyway. I'm starting to look for furniture at the moment because, you know, when I get married, you know, we'll make sure we've got some cool furniture. So this, this couch looks really cool right now. I do like it. Just saying, just pointing it out there. Amen. Upgrade in Jesus' name. No, no. <laughs> but really, we need to get out of our comfortable chair. Have you ever heard of the word comfortable Christianity? I'm a Christian. I love Jesus, but don't you dare ask me to do anything radical. Don't you dare. No. 
This week, we had an incredible staff meeting and Mike had a word over me and I'm going to share this as part of my illustration to breaking out my comfort zone a little bit. I was like, man, God, I feel quite stretched right now. And then Mike gives this word and it was just like, this is going to be a week for people in our staff. And he gave me this amazing rock thing. He said, Brendan, you rock. Thank you so much. But he had no idea, as you know, I had no idea what was about to happen that evening. And anyway, some of you might know that, uh, you know, I've been part of helping out with an online global ministry. Don't ask me when I do it, but uh, yeah, but uh, in my spare time. And, uh, you know, just being help with rosters and stuff like that. Well, anyway, I got a phone call on Tuesday night from Marcus Tumu from Hillsong saying, hey, we uh, got some news we want to share with you. And um, he texts me and I'm in that, in that amazing concert that we had in the auditorium. And I'm just like to Emma, he's texting me this, I wonder what, he said, it's not, I really want to talk to you about something. I was like, oh gosh, what's happened? And I thought someone might have died or something crazy in the team or, or whatever, because that has hap- happened during COVID. Um, and so anyway, so he rings me, me and Emma in the car, and I'm like, Han, I think you need, I think you need, I think I need you here because um, I'll probably just like immediately say yes to something. And then if you're not there, then you'll be like, what did you do? <laughs> We're trying to plan a wedding, man. <laughs> We're trying to plan a camp as well. <laughs> but no, but no, anyway, she was there. And, and anyway, um, they offered me the role to actually now take over the whole global ministry. And I was just like, Wow, that's, yeah, wow was my word. Um, it was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to say to that. Like, Lord, what are you saying to me in that, you know, type, type thing. And right there in our hearts, me and Emma, just, just, we just had a yes in our spirit to say, hey, now we need to get on board in this season to help build that because we don't want to see a ministry just crumble. And, and it was a sign that God was saying that it was time for me to get out of my comfortable chair. There's so often I can have an agenda or a to-do list and think, yeah, this is what I'm doing with my life. This is what I'm doing in this season. But actually God was saying, there's still kingdom work that I've actually called you to do, my son, on the earth. And it's time for you to rise. What is it tonight that God has called you into? We can allow distractions get in the way in what he has put in us. Here, who here, sorry, loves a fresh to-do list? Oh, okay. I love to-do lists. I'm weird, I know, I'm random, but I'm one of a kind, so there we go. I love a fresh to-do list. One of the things that I do on a Tuesday after our meetings is I get on the computer, if not before nine o'clock, and I type out a to-do list. And I love it because with the to-do list, it gives me a list of things that I need to do for the day. So I actually know what I'm doing because I'll forget things and that wouldn't be good either. Um, Particularly at the moment with leading a camp, you know, that's a very important to have a to-do list. But there could be, I write this to-do list and then suddenly two hours later, that to-do list has no significance on my day. Because other things have come up, maybe through meetings or whatever it might be, or pastoral responsibilities that I have, and that to-do list gets put to the side. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And the, and the business of life. And so often we're like that in our journey in God. We're trying to write a to-do list. 
yep, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do this. This is my to-do list for you. It's like we give God a to-do list. But then God's saying, right, I would love to right now interrupt your schedule. <laughs> Does anyone know what I'm talking about? How you love it when Jesus interrupts your schedule, man. It's so good, eh? It's awesome. I call it divine interruptions. And literally our lives are like that. Well, in my life, I feel like it's like that 50% of the time, actually. And things come up. But when that happens, the Lord says, you're not in control of your ministry. You're not in control of your relationships. But I am. And I sense in our hearts that in this season for a rising tide, there's got to be a new level of surrender that comes into our daily lifestyle. That gives God permission, because we're very good telling God what to do with our lives. I'll tell you what. God, I want you to do this. God, I want you to do that. God, I want you to answer this. God, I want you to break through in this. God, 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 give it to me now. And we live in a two-minute gener- microwave generation. Fix it now, fix it now, fix it now, fix it now, fix it now. And God's like, actually, I don't want to fix that now because I want to teach you something now. I want, to, I want to yield you now. I want to humble you now. Oh, but God, I just want to transform the world. Yes, I understand you want to transform the world, but there's got to be a little bit of a character building stuff that needs to go on first. Uh, you know, God's always doing that with me for some reason. I don't know why. He's always building my character. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I thought I was here to change the world, people. Yes, you are, but in humility. You're not in control. I am. Anyway, two and a half years ago, I was working for MSD and I was loving MSD and I was working in the contact centre there and um, I was really enjoying my job. I mean, I was about to go to head office. I got offered a role to go and do analysts, data analysts for the head office. It was going to be a pay increase. I mean, it was looking pretty, my future was looking pretty bright, guys. It was, it was awesome working for the government and I just loved that. I just, there's something about it. I just loved working with clients. I just loved helping people. And then the Lord decided that it would be a good idea to move me to a different town. People call it a city, but I... I call it a town. <laughs> Auckland, I'll call a city. And I was like, yeah, God, where would that be? Palmerston North. <laughs> and I was like, Palmerston North, okay, cool. I don't get it, but I will obey you in that. I've got my friends here from Palmerston North, so I love Palmerston North. <laughs> be careful what I say, eh? Uh, <laughs> got the mic, so be careful. <laughs> It's a city. Sorry, it's a city. It's a city. That needs Jesus. Amen. Um, so, 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 so literally. Um, but God sends me to Palmerston North. And I got offered a role there. And actually, I knew what the role was before I got there, but I didn't really understand the context of the role. And I got offered a role to be a service manager of a church. Now, I've never been a service manager. Actually, I don't know what that was. And I get there, and the first week, I nearly crumbled. I was like, I'm ready to go home now. (laughs) Emma's my witness. Barely knew Emma then. But uh, it was COVID, 
And they decided that they wanted to build church outside. Now, how many of you know, if you are involved with any technology, production, you know that is quite a big challenge. And I don't know anything about tech. I am the most worst person when it comes to, what are these things called? I don't even know what they're called. So like, I am the worst guy to add. So when they pack down, I go like this. Hey, Ren, how you doing? You did well tonight, sister. Don't you dare get me near there. Like, that's the worst job ever for me. But yeah, I'm learning these things. And, and uh, the pastor was like, take this and pull bolts into this. There's a big screen like that screen up the back. And I'm like, what the heck am I meant to be doing with this thing? I had no idea what I was doing. Thank the Lord, Emma, my saving grace, was there a moment. And she's like, oh, don't worry, Brendan, I will help, I'll help you. I'm like, because the pastor just walked away like I knew what I was doing. <laughs> I'm like, welcome to Palmerston North. <laughs> then next week, I thought, okay, now we've done that. That's cool. Maybe we'll calm down a little bit. Maybe mandates will be over and definitely wasn't over. Then next week. I get a call from my pastor and he said, I want you now to build a parent's room. <laughs> What's funny? I mean, <laughs> don't you think I'm good at this, guys? No. <laughs> so literally, I have this opportunity to be a project manager and I have no idea how to be a project manager. I am now a service manager of six ministry departments, and now I'm a project manager, and now I'm running the building and the maintenance of the, of the church, and, we're, and they're talking to council and, and everything, and I'm like, what on earth am I even doing? <laughs> Find some volunteers. Okay, I knew two people. How on earth am I meant to find volunteers and there is no one? Well, anyway, cut a short story short. I end up finding 10 people. I found three builders and I found five painters. <laughs> Emma's my witness. She remembered that. And, and literally, but what it did is it broke me out of my comfort zone. It stretched me to go, actually, I didn't see that type of leadership on my life. And God, what He did was He expanded my capacity. And that's what God does. He's good like that, where He will look at you and He will expand your capacity. I had people here telling me, are you okay? Are you doing too much? I'm like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> no, I'm okay. You look like you're doing too much. You're running around like, no, no, I'm great. I'm fine. I'm... Because I know my capacity. I know what God's graced me for. I know what's on my life because God took me from a season where my capacity was growing to take me out of my comfortable chair, to get me into the place of a rising tide in my life. Then young adults, I got asked to run young adults and it ran from, it grew from four people to 91 people in 10 months. Discipleship. Reaching people in emergency, young adults in emergency housing, life groups multiplying. It was incredible what the Lord did in that space of 18 to 25 year olds. What did God do? He was expanding me. What's God wanting to expand you in tonight? 
What's the cave you are in right now like Elijah? Is it a place of isolation? Next point quickly. To walk in the rising tide, there's a sound of unity that needs to rise even in the midst of being in the cave. There's a sound of unity. And we touched a little bit based on it tonight. See, physical isolation can rob you from walking in the rising tide of His presence for your life. We know that being in COVID, that we were isolated for, for so long. For 10 weeks, we were in this isolation period, I believe, in 2020. And um, I was staying with my parents. They, they own 10 acres of land up in Tihoro. And, uh, you know, they said, you need to come home. I'm like, I'm not going there. Not because I don't love my parents, I do. But, but literally, as I'm a people person, so I don't hang out by myself for too long. I'm not really good like that. I like being with people. That's where I get my energy from. That's, that's my rest. I'm like, let's just go hang out with the boys. You know, let's go to the movies. Let's go bowling like me and Isaac did last night. Let's go and do something fun, you know. That's just, that's just me. That's just how I'm wired, I know. But... In that time, the Lord taught me about the importance of biblical rest and what that looked like. Anyway, I was two weeks within the lockdown. I probably like all of you, you were all over it by that stage. And uh, literally the Lord said, I've got an idea for you. And I'm like, cool, God, what's the idea? And uh, I had a feeling maybe it was to write a book. No, it wasn't that. But it was literally to actually interview pastors from around the globe. I like, God, how am I going to do that? I don't know many people. I'm not that so-called popular in the, in the body. <laughs> what I thought, which I don't think I'm popular anyway. But anyway, I just a guy who just loves Jesus. And I remember sitting in this chair in the lounge and the Lord literally spoke and he said this, you need to step out in faith. I, I look at my phone and I get a Facebook messenger from a guy in Australia. True story. A guy called Ben, who's part of Mark and Darlene Check's church. And he goes, I was going through my feeds and I watched a Facebook Live of yours last night and I'd love to connect with you. I was like, okay, cool. Where are you from, bro? I'm from, Ho I'm from Hope You See. And I was like, oh, Pastor Mark and Darlene Church. Like, yeah. I was like, whoa, okay, cool. So he goes, can I give you a call? I was like, are you free? I'm like, well, yeah, of course I'm free. I'm doing nothing. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I, 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 I had this conversation with him. He goes, as I heard you and watching you prophesying over people online, the Lord wanted me to encourage you and say that there is an online ministry calling on your life and he's given you an idea. And I believe in COVID, you could do something very significant if you obeyed him. And I'm like, you don't know me for one. You don't know my story for two. And thirdly, you have no idea what the Holy Spirit laid on my heart. And I just thought it was just random, you know. Then within weeks, there were like interviews. I think I was doing like three, four interviews a day. I was like getting hold of pastors. Pastors were getting hold of me. And that's when hold a whole karakia involvement came to be involved with there. But what he did in an isolation was he said, I want to use you to bring a revival. But what we do in our lives is we isolate ourselves from people, from community, from connect groups, from Sunday services, not in this church, just the church down the road. Amen. 
but literally we isolate ourselves, you know, because no, I just want to be by myself. And I get there are people who want to be by themselves. And I get people are... God created people like that. That's where they get God creative ideas and things. And I respect that. So if you are that tonight, hear my heart around that. But some of us, God's actually wanting you to build community. Some of you want you to break that isolation, that spiritual isolation that's hold you back into what He has put on the inside of you in Jesus' name. And quickly, Psalm 133 verse 1 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. There's a unity that God is releasing right now in this hour. It leaves us with a mark of revival. It is a rising tide of a harvest of souls that comes into the kingdom of God. And you know, uh, you know, it's incredible when God moves in unity. Amen. Um, you know, in order to walk in the rising tide that the Holy Spirit has for us, there are mountain moments that we're called to walk into through overcoming the wilderness. So when we're going through the wilderness, and maybe if I could have the keyboardist or um, you know, Nathaniel, that'd be amazing. Very cool. Thank you. Um, and there are wilderness seasons in our lives that actually can get in the way if we allow it to. We sit in negativity. We sit in judgment. We sit in what other people say about us. We sit in the past. I'm hurt by the church. Let me just point this out to you for a second. Have you ever got hurt in the workplace? Have you ever got hurt by a family member? Do you still go to that workplace? There's so much talk and it just grieves my heart. The church hurt me. Yeah, it's full of people. Hello. <laughs> people are going to hurt you. I if I could tell the amount of times my sister has hurt me with comments. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm not talking to you again. <laughs> no, I love my sister. I wouldn't do that. But there'd be moments when I could have. People hurt us. But we've got to stop going around speaking negative about the church hurt. Because what's that doing is it's, break, it's, it's actually damaging people. It's not releasing a revival to a generation. And we go around and we sit about how I'm being hurt and how my problems and what the leader said about me and, and woe is me and all the rest of it. And it's not doing anything. No, you should be going, going, God, I want to be healed from this. I don't want to sit in this anymore. I don't want to sit in this pain anymore. And if we're going to rise up, we need to actually declare what the church is called for. And that's called to be a point of difference to our generation. And I get it. I've been hurt in the church. But the thing is, I've decided I'm not going to let the, the, the hurt of others define who God's called me to be. But I'm going to rise higher. And 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 instead of being negative, go to an eagle. Go to somebody who will literally speak life into that situation and give you some advice and give you some prophetic discernment on what to do in that situation. If I'm ever struggling, I go to Pastor Paul. Is the first person I go to. Because, Pastor Paul, can I talk to you for a minute? Can I just sit down and have a chat? And I sit down and I share 
a situation, this has happened or whatever, and He gives me advice how to handle it. That can do way more effective impact on your life than going telling 10 people your problem. You're protecting the apostolic grace on your life. You're protecting the prophetic grace on your life. You're protecting so a harvest can come in. Why? Because I made a decision that I'm not staying in my comfortable chair. You might be in this place tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. And I want to give people an opportunity in this place. I know I've gone a little bit over and I do apologise for that. But I really believe right now in this moment that the Holy Spirit is here. And you might have walked into this auditorium tonight and Jesus Christ is not your Lord and Saviour. You might have walked into this room and you know you've had a tough weekend. You might have made a decision that you are very disappointed in. You might have got yourself into some, in, in some error and, and literally it's led you away from walking in the pursuit of a full relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, tonight, friend, I believe you're not in this place by accident, but you're here by God's divine purpose and plan. God loves you so much that over 2,000 years ago, He went to a cross called Calvary for you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever shall believe in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, For God did not come into this world to condemn it, but He came into this world to save it. He hasn't come into this world to condemn you. He's actually come into this world to save you. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one moving around, no one looking around. This is a private moment between people and God. And you say, I'm far away from Jesus. I'm lost. Brendan, I've been listening to your message tonight. And man, yeah, I am, I'm away from God. Maybe you're one of those people tonight that has been disappointed from church. You've been disappointed from leaders. You, things have happened in your life in the past and it's crippled you to a place of actually being in your comfortable chair. Well, tonight, my friend, God is wanting to restore and heal you. And He wants to restore what the locust has tried to beat you into and give you eternal life tonight. There's a plan for your life. There's a hope in the future. There's a destiny right now. If that's you tonight, on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand and say, Brendan, from the left, the middle section to the right, that's me. You'll feel the conviction. You'll feel the power of the Holy Ghost coming upon you right now. One, you know that you're far away from Jesus. Two, you know you, you're lost without a Savior. Or three, that you can't live a moment like this anymore. I want you to lift your hands right now in Jesus' name. Is there anyone in this room? Anyone? And don't worry about the person beside you. If Jesus walked into this room physically right now, could you say that you had a relationship with him? Hmm. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay. Awesome. You know, I'm not discouraged that no one's put up their hands tonight. I'm actually encouraged because I believe the Lord is saying now it's time for each and every one of us to bring unsaved people into the house of the Lord. Holy Spirit, we just want to thank you tonight.
that you have called each and every one of us to be part of your rising tide to our generation. And I'm not just talking about young people tonight, I'm talking about whatever age you are, you are part of this generation. You're living, you're breathing on this earth. And Father, I pray that there will be a move right now that comes upon us here at Hope Centre that, God, we will never be the same. And other churches that are represented here tonight as well, we just pray, God, that there will be a move and a wave of your anointing that falls across our city like never before. Lord, forgive us when we've got comfortable in our faith. Forgive us when we've judged others. Forgive us, Lord, when we've got complacent. Lord, forgive us tonight, Father, Lord God, when we're just settled and being about us, but we forgot about the harvest field out there. Let us be part of the rising tide of revival in our high schools, in our universities, in our workplaces, in our homes. Your home is the greatest ministry. Wherever it is that God has placed you, if you are a, a parent here in your home every day, you've got a ministry. I pray for a rising tide to fall upon our streets, to fall upon our suburbs. We speak over the Hart Valley right now and we speak a revival. We prophesy a rising tide that every church in our city right now of every movement will see a rising tide in Jesus' Name. We pray, Father, as we come into this incredible week that's going to change the course of history for young people, that there'll be a sense of a rising tide, that high schools will be saved, universities will be won, that there will be a move of your Spirit that destinies will be unlocked, that chains will break, that depression will leave, that suicide will be broken. We break the suicide stats in our nation. We break the violent stats in our nation. And we say, Father, have your way. And something we're going to do as we end tonight, I I really felt this in my heart and asked Pastor Paul and Jody if we could do this. And they said, go ahead. Is we're going to move these chairs aside and prayer team I need your help here staff will need your help here every pastor in this room every leader and we're going to we're going to pray for every individual tonight how's that sound We're going to pray. We're going to anoint every individual in this room for the rising tide of the Holy Spirit, for the fresh wind of heaven across our nation. In Jesus' name. Thank you. This is going to be fun. There's two things we're going to do right now. Firstly, I want to get every young person up here first. And we're going to pray for every teenager that's in this room and any young adult as we enter into this week. We're going to impart into your life as you enter into camp. Camp actually can start for you right now, tonight, actually. 
as we head into this week, that God is going to just release a commission, a real call in your life to be what He's called you to be. And then we're going to pray for other people. And so even if you're a youth leader, I want you up here too, a young adult leader. If you're in the room, I want you up here too because you're part of this this weekend. And we're just really going to believe for an outpouring of the Spirit of God. And then we're going to pray for people, everyone. We're going to pray a fresh anointing over your season for a rising tide, for a move of the Spirit. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we release faith in this room right now, Lord. For an open heaven, God, would you move in power, Lord? Would you move in revival, Lord? Would you do it again, Lord? We declare revivals here from the off to the south, the east to the west. And we pray, Lord, over our young people this weekend that you will move in them. We declare the next leaders will rise. Lord, we declare high schools will be one in the name of Jesus. We declare that universities will be saved. And we pray right now that you'll awaken something, a fresh sound upon young people, that Lord, the harvest will come in in the mighty name of Jesus. And as we pray, we're going to worship the Lord in this place.